and miss out on what it meant to have met Jesus. And miss out on what it meant for Jesus to have come on this earth. Mary is, is, is often really highly regarded, especially those in, in some churches like the Catholic Church, because of the honor and the privilege she had to carry Jesus. And I do think it was an amazing honor and privilege. In her song at the end, in, in Luke chapter 1, you see her talk about the fact that all generations will call me blessed because of this amazing privilege that God had given to her. But I think it is very possible to just focus on the amazing honor that she had in carrying uh, Jesus and to miss out on everything that God was trying to do in and through her. And when we're talking about what does it look like to encounter Jesus, I wanted to spend some time thinking about what each of those moments when Christ calls us to know him, when Christ calls us to join him in something, those moments are amazing, but ultimately God is trying to do something in us and through us. And we need to take stock of that and realize that so that we can be able to surrender and respond to God as he sees fit. So let's quickly look at Mary's story. Um, you'll jump with me to Luke chapter 1. From verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And, his king, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel of the Lord departed from her. Let's pause there. Think. Uh, one of the most amazing things for me about almost every single person in the Bible who has an amazing encounter, and even those that are not super dramatic, is that every time we encounter Jesus, it is a result of his favor and it is not earned by us. If you think about it, Mary was a young girl, probably in her teens, living her best life, about to get married, looking forward to her wedding with Joseph, and then as she's just going about her normal life, an angel comes to her with a life-changing message. Now, in my head, I don't know why, when I've been thinking about this encounter between Mary and the angel, it feels like a very uh, mission impossible kind of thing. 
<laughs> now, I, I guess if in our day, the angel could have sent me some proper 3D glasses, maybe your mission should you accept it, is to carry the son of the Most High. And so the angel comes to Mary and gives her this mission, impossible mission. Doesn't really ask her, should you accept it? Because I've really checked and she really wasn't given too many options. <laughs> I guess the assumption was she's accepting it. And it completely changes her life. I can imagine this young girl wondering when an angel comes to her and says, Blessed are you, or highly favored are you. She probably is like, um, I don't see anyone favored in the room. Because she had not done anything to earn that title. She had not done anything to deserve the Lord sending a messenger to her with what is one of the most monumental tasks. He goes on from zero to a hundred in like two seconds to tell her how she's gonna carry the Messiah. And Mary asks the most logical question. Okay, I get this task you're giving me, but this task has some simple qualifications. I'm a virgin. How is it going to work? I'm not married. How is this going to work? And she's told how she's going to conceive a child through the Holy Spirit. Now, the reality is Mary didn't do anything to earn all of that. Scripture insinuates she was faithful. But that's about it. It's not like Mary after this could now write a bestseller how to position yourself for the Lord's favor. <laughs> she didn't know how to. It had nothing to do with her. And I think that is a really freeing thing. Because the reality is, when God comes to ask us to join him in what he's doing, when God draws us to a knowledge of himself, none of these things are because of us. We do nothing to position ourselves or to earn it or to deserve it. God simply sees us and chooses us by his own sovereignty. I look at my own life and so often, and honestly, really, it brings me to the brink of tears when I realize how I'm deserving that. And I'm like, God, there are probably people who are nicer than me. For you to have chosen sin. I look at the things he has asked me to join him in his work, and just the blessing I have experienced joining him in his own work. And I'm like, there are people who were more gifted and better suited to do the things you're asking. And I probably will never understand why. And probably that's how Mary felt the whole time. It, it probably didn't make logical sense to her. But that's the thing about God's faith. And what this does is it frees us from having to try work to position ourselves for encounters with God. From having to try carry a weight for wondering, Lord, is it something I did that has caused you not to see me or choose me? to freely realize our role is just to be faithful servants waiting for God. And when he calls, we respond and we answer. But the other amazing thing that happens is that you realize, and this is not so simple, 
and we don't often like to teach this, but every encounter with Jesus has a cost that someone must pay. You see, for Mary, she probably had her amazing dreams of her family and the life she was going to start. This message probably meant she was going to lose her fiancé, because how do you explain the whole Holy Spirit pregnancy thing? Probably meant she was going to be shunned by her family and lose her reputation because everyone would think she's just gallivanting around the streets. She probably had immense fears for what would it look like to raise this child if no one else is supporting How will I provide for this child? There was a heavy cost for her. True God called comes and the, the angel comes to her and says, you are blessed, you are highly favored. But there was a heavy cost for her. And she probably realized it. Joseph. This amazing man called Joseph. Initially when Mary tells Joseph the story, Joseph decides, okay, alright, so Holy Spirit pregnancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me just divorce you quietly. I won't shame you, but mm. then the angel comes to Joseph in a dream and tells him not to be afraid to take me. And that had a cost for him. In fact, he's told to name Jesus, meaning he's told to take Jesus as his and become the father of that child. That had a cost to him. It meant his reputation was affected. Because now it looked like both of them were gallivanting the streets. <laughs> there is always a cost, but unfortunately we have often shared a brand of our Christianity where following Jesus doesn't cost us anything. Where we don't have to die to ourselves every day to follow. And we don't need to surrender some of the things we hold dear. You see, people like Abraham had to move out of his home to follow Christ. Noah had to be like a fool for years, building a boat to that never leave. The disciples left their careers and some of them their homes to follow Jesus and later were persecuted because of that choice. The cost will look different to each one of us. I doubt any of us will be given a Mary type vision. Only because also Jesus was only being born once. <coughs> but there will be a different cost for each one of us, what God is asking us to do. And the reality is, when we meet with God, when we engage with Him, when we begin to follow Him, there is a cost that needs to be paid. Please note, I firmly believe Mary and Joseph both had immense joy for being used by God. And that joy perhaps had moments where it eclipsed the struggles and fears and uncertainties and problems they faced. And you see it, when Mary sings her song, you can see someone whose joy, just because God has seen her, eclipses all the other realities of the problems she must face. But there's something else I want us to pick from Mary. Is that she realizes the entire cost she must pay. 
But for her to have fully engaged and encountered what God was calling her to, she had to respond in obedience. I'm blown away by how Mary said yes. Now, part of me has that maybe this conversation is summarized version. Maybe her and the angel spent like a whole afternoon of dialogue. Because for Mary to receive that message, ask only one question, Utamavati. And then say yes, after she's told how this law works. It's a bit, yeah. amazing to just see how her obedience was. You think about Joseph. Joseph goes to bed ready, planning a divorce. Has a dream and wakes up and takes the woman. That's, that's insane, that level of excuse me, immediate obedience. But there's something about that the journey of encountering God and realizing it's God and realizing it's God who's calling them and for them, if it's the Lord and it's the Lord asking me, then I am your servant. My role is to obey. I don't think their obedience meant they were not scared. They were probably shaking in their boots. I don't think their obedience meant they didn't have questions or uncertainties or doubts. But for them it was the Lord asking, and so they obeyed. But the other thing you realize is that God came through for them. God always has a plan when we obey. You see, when Mary says yes, she didn't know whether Joseph would agree. She said yes on her own. Then God sends a messenger to Joseph, and Joseph takes Mary. And it's a bit crazy. Technically, the angel had told Mary, who was not a descendant of David, that your son will sit on the throne of his father David. Okay? And she says yes. How? The kind of faith she had that God must have a plan to his insane message. And God works it out for her. He brings Joseph into the story. God is the one who sends Joseph and tells Joseph to take Mary back. And by so doing, do all the prophecies of Jesus being born in the lineage of David come true by Joseph's obedience. Through this message of, of the angel to Joseph, And, and to Mary, and what Mary had been told by the angel, God confirms the very message Mary had been given by Joseph's obedience. Some of the fears Mary probably had, the very practical fears about doing this alone, God already is beginning to answer and elevate some of those fears step by step, just even by that first instance of Joseph. In Luke, we see how God being a grand giver, before he ever came to Mary, went to Mary's cousin, who was barren and old, and gave her a child. And when Mary begins doubting what the angel tells her, you know your cousin Elizabeth? She's with child. To confirm that nothing is impossible with God. God was planning how he's going to work this out for Mary beforehand. 
He was planning how to deal with Mary's fears, anxieties, and uncertainties beforehand. And when Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, she walks in, and before even she tells Elizabeth anything, the baby in her stomach, prompted by the Holy Spirit, responds. And everything Elizabeth tells her after that sends Mary simply into a song of celebration. She realizes this is God's time. Guys, God is not asking us to wait for all the ducks to be in a row for us to obey. He's saying, come with your doubts, come with your fears, come with your uncertainty, come, just obey because it's me. And I will help you. God is not scared of our doubts and uncertainty. He helped Mary figure that journey out. It's amazing how even small things like Joseph choosing not to live with Mary until for Jesus' birth confirms prophecies from years ago about how the child would be born to a virgin. I wonder whether Joseph knew the prophecy or whether the prophecy had known Joseph who did anyway. Those are stories for another day. But God is a grand leader. His hand is always in every aspect and step of our lives. Working things out for us. He will bring all the help and support we need. He will make sense to the things that are difficult for us. He will give us faith where our faith is lacking. Our role is to obey. Our role is to respond to him when God comes to us. And I'm sure some of us are, are here and there are many things perhaps God is asking us to do or has asked us to step into. And some of them may be there. Perhaps for some of us, God is trying to, to draw us to himself and the fears of the things we must release and let go of are scary. Perhaps God is showing us where he'd like you to join him in his work, perhaps in your workplace, in your, wherever space you and God are in. And some of those things feel difficult because of the cost we must pay. But my hope is, even as we start this Christmas season, we realize that God's got us. If we just trust him and release ourselves to him, it doesn't mean that the road will be simple. I think it must have been extremely chaotic for Mary to raise Jesus. But God had her each step of the way. Ours is to respond in faith. And I've seen this in my life. There have been several moments God has asked me to step out of, of, of spaces of work I was in without knowing where he wants me to go, without knowing where provision will come from. And each of those times he has, in his own way, weaved the next season and path for me. He is always in control. He was working things out for this family thousands of years before their existence and planning this world. He has been weaving your entire life and your future from before you were born. 
He has an amazing plan for you. If we respond to his call. Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for this reminder of, of your hand being there, of you walking with us, of you holding us, of you directing our path. And I pray, Lord, for anyone who's here today who is struggling to respond to something you're calling them to do, is struggling to step into a space that you're asking them to step into. Perhaps even feels inadequate, ill-equipped, unqualified to step into the spaces you're asking of them. Or would you remind us, Lord, today that the only thing that qualifies us is because you have chosen us and you will be with us. And would you give us the courage to step out in faith? I pray, Lord, for anyone who's here who perhaps you are trying to draw to yourself. And they are struggling with the fears of what is mean for my life. I pray that you would give them the faith to just step in and trust you. In Jesus' name. Everybody's so nice to see you, so glad you're here.